Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a fresh perspective on AFL Fantasy Classic, brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. On this episode, the buys are over, but our strategy from this point feels more crucial than ever, with plenty of potential players to look at for the run home. We look at a stack of these options, plus some rookie players to look at and answer your burning questions. Welcome to the Pod Pod. I'm Doss here with Louie. Mate, good weekend or what? Yeah, fresh off the rest, mate. So I can't wait to get stuck into a little bit of fantasy chat. How have you been, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, pretty busy weekend. Bit tired, but overall pretty good and some nice fantasy scoring from my end as well. I think you had a pretty good weekend on the track as well. Yeah, pretty good week as well. And how good does it feel? For the Byrons to be over. Oh, my God. It was keeping me up at night, Dossie. It's a relief. It is a relief. And I feel like we mentioned at the top of the show, I feel like the strategy is sort of just beginning almost. Like, usually feels like the strategy is pre-buy and during the buy, which it has certainly been heavy on that. But I reckon we're both on the same page here and that there's probably a lot of options and directions we can go, which is pretty exciting post-buy this time. That's it. Coaches are switched on, Doss. Mm. So, uh, you can't get as big of a jump in the rankings as what you could have a couple of years ago. But in saying that, a lot of coaches get tripped up by selecting a couple of players that maybe aren't the best decision. We're going to talk about some of those today. And that's where you can really get your point of difference and climb the rank. So, I think uh, in, in modern day fantasy, rounds sort of 15 to 23 might actually be the big moving weeks, especially if you've got a completed side already. And I'm looking forward to hearing a bunch of those players from your end. You've done a stack of research, so heaps to get through on this show. But first, how'd you go in round 14? What was your score? And and we'll touch on after this, I think, as well, where we've gone in the buys, just in the sense of have we risen and how we went throughout the whole series. But just for this week, how'd you go round 14? Yeah, not too bad, Dossie. I'm not sure what par was this week, but uh, given that a lot of players did have the buy, the eight teams, I got the 17.92. So, I think I think that was pretty decent. What about yourself? I think it was pretty good considering, I mean, I am further down the rankings than than your great self, Lou Dog, but I got 17.64 and I rose a, a decent amount, went up a few thousand. So, I was pretty happy with that. So, yeah, 17.92 and 17.64. I think we both had pretty reasonable weeks on the track. I certainly sacrificed last week. I don't think you sacrificed last week. You've had a significant buy series haven't you yeah i've um i've been pretty consistent throughout the buys which is what i try to do so uh in the first buy round i got the 1728 in the second buy round i got 1842 so that that was my strong round mostly based off the fact that richmond and west coast players actually played that round so that's where yeah a few of my scores actually dropped off and then round 14 i had the 1792 so i've been pretty consistent yeah that's exactly what you want especially up the pointy end and where are you ranked after this week so, after this week, I've come into rank 369. Very nice. Yeah. So, um, I went into the buy rounds at 458. So, I've risen yep. about 100 ranks. Is that what was? Is that sort of what you were hoping for? Maybe a little bit more, but um, you positioned yourself really nicely heading out of the buys and, and has the buy planning uh, paid off for you? Yeah, I'm pretty happy with how I went. Obviously, um, it's hard to jump ranks when you're in the top 1,000. You have to have a pretty good side. So, um, to go up 100 ranks, I'm pretty thankful for. It could easily go back the other way. So, uh, I think I'm in a really good position to attack the next eight rounds. So, um, hopefully, 
that that happens. What about you, Dossie? I'd say I had a very successful um, buy around period. I've moved up this week, like I said. Just I've moved up pretty much almost all the rankings was the move this week. Obviously, just staying in the game the last couple. So I had a really good week um, in the first buy week, round twelve. 13, I tailed off massively and 14, I bounced back. So, mine wasn't as consistent as yours, but certainly I sort of had two highs and one low, which I think is pretty okay. And my low wasn't too low. So, I moved across the buys. I moved from rank 14,540 up to 11,295. So, not inside the top 10, which I'm hoping to obviously do certainly from this point on, but Definitely my team has improved immensely. And, and also just looking at my team value, which I am still part of the crop crew. So not not willing to reveal what that value is yet, but I have gone up 1.05 million across the buyers. So doing exactly what I want to, just building that team structure and really in a much stronger position than I was pre-buy. So pretty happy with that. But Lou, let's move on to nailed it, failed it just for this round, which is round 14. Of course, we just finished it. Who was your nailed it? Uh, I've got to give it to Tim Taranto, uh, 145, yeah. but I also stuck the C on him too. So, Ooh, getting a nice. 290 this week was was really big in terms of um, how I did this week. So Was that the VC or the C? Uh, sorry, the VC. The VC yeah. and then the loop. Yeah, and then nice. I took it. I, I would have gone probably Tom Mitchell if I yeah. uh, if I did the C and that, he went all right too. But Yeah, what, I went the titch. What about yourself, Doss? You went titch? I went titch. I'm not going to give it to him though because, well, I could easily give it to him, but I just want to give it to someone different who's been in my side all year. And I actually gave him the reverse curse. I'm not, I'm not yes. sure if, it, if I reckon it was on the main podcast last week. I said, Tom Stewart, I really like him. And I, I put him as my last sort of target, if you will, coming off either of the buyer, you know, round 12 or 13. I said, oh, Tom Stewart, you know, he's a nice little option. Um, but he doesn't have that big a ceiling. <laughs> of no. course, he goes this week, comes out with a big 120. Uh, most intercept, equal most intercept marks in a game. And yeah, he was awesome. Also, just a shout out for Nailed It. Caleb, the inside mid Daniel. <laughs> He's ridiculous, isn't it? He looks all right he in looks there too. Good in there. He looks absolutely good in there. Um, all right, failed it. Louis, who was it this week? Oh, Tom Phillips. I'm not sure I've ever given him a failed it yet this season, mm. but oh, gee, it's. It's uh, well overdue. So, he dished yeah. up the 59, actually docked off a few points after lockout too, which made me fall to Stato by oh, one point, which was uh, pretty heartbreaking. So, uh, yeah, Tom Phillips, long time coming. He's my failed it. Yeah. So, his average is in his last five is 69.6. That's just like, you know, I don't know. Every, the thing is a lot of people- He hasn't moved in price. 23% owned still. Even now, I'm sure a lot of people might want to jump off this week. Maybe that's something we're going to be talking about later. But for a guy that was seemingly bargain priced and a very obvious forward pick that we considered, you know, maybe not thinking he was going to be a top six, although his um, Amy series might have suggest he was going to be up there. Yeah. Just moved out of that center bounce rotation. A lot of the time that he spent- I would say he spends a, a fair bit of time now on the bench that he used to not. We were expecting him elite runner to maybe be the 90% time on ground guy. You know, he sort of spends low 80%, sometimes starts off the bench. Yeah. Just really disappointing. Yeah, man. it's not Tom Phillips at Collingwood. And um, in hindsight, we probably should have known that. But mm. uh, yeah, he's someone that 
that a lot of coaches, if they jump off, he's still quite highly owned. So, mm. you actually get a point of difference in, in jumping off now. Yeah, jumping off is the point of difference in this case. Yeah. My failed it. And it's a harsh one because he's been a really good and consistent performer across the season. But let's just go with Sammy Walsh. Um, and there's a reason to it, though. Just the glove by Matt DeBoer, um all day long. We saw him move out of position too. They, they, you were saying you were watching closely as well. I was watching the game as well. But he moved to sort of a half forward at times just to try and break that tag, put out of the midfield. To be honest, though, I was saying to you as well pre-show, he was getting ignored for plus sixes. He was really working hard to break that tag. And he actually worked all day long trying to get plus sixes. And the Blues just wouldn't use him. Like, just just get him involved and get him get him the pill to show him that he's, his hard work was paying off. Have no doubt he'll bounce back. But just for a just for a one week, unfortunately, let's just hope he doesn't cop more tags going forward, considering that you could say that, that's success. the worry, yeah. Yeah, so 55 for him. Um, all right, Luke. Let's go to some hot topics and the buys are over. So, now what? It's time to complete your team. It's, <laughs> it's just, it just keeps on rolling this season. So, buy rounds are over. Hopefully, you've only got a couple of rookies on the field or you've got a completed side. So, you really want to start looking at bringing in players that you can see or you want in your team at the end of the year. There's no point pussyfooting around with, you know, a Zach Bailey that I picked up a couple of weeks ago. Granted, he's found Jeez, some form. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but there's no point doing these stepping stones now unless they have a really sort of juicy break even. Maybe Nick Haynes is a good example of that. But yeah, it's time to basically start chipping away at your side to have the best yeah. possible side by round 23. Yeah, it's funny. Um, Seems I, obvious. But-, <laughs> oh, but I think some of us maybe were- Hoping we'd have a security blanket of a guy like John Newcomb, maybe sitting just at MA, yep, yep. getting us through, and and we just got a harsh reminder on the weekend what a rookie, what a rookie on the field means. So you know if if that's going to happen in a non bye week, you're going to cop a 27 on your field. So we've just got to get them off the field as quick as possible, and even a guy that. Look, I'm, I'm thinking about rolling at R2 this week in uh, a nice Sydney rookie in Joel Amadi or Amity. We can't trust that these guys are going to get us nice scores, can we? No, you can't, but you wouldn't be alone. I think a lot mm. of coaches are going to do that, especially with his ruck forward status. Yeah. And, and why wouldn't you on form? I think he's averaging 83 or something to play two games, albeit. But um, yeah, if he's one of your last rookies on field right now, then I think you're in a pretty good spot, really. He should dish up a 60. He looks pretty good. So, in general, Lou, it- is our strategy changing from the top coaches to the bottom coaches? And I guess everyone's just in a different position post buyers, but everyone's goal should be the same. Get these rookies off the field. And then once they're off the field, it's time to get rid of these guys like your Tom Phillips that are just annoying you with their low scores and knowing which one of these guys isn't going to bite you. Like some people would have jumped off Isaac coming in recent weeks. He's come out with a bang this week and it's knowing which ones to hold. Like, do you hold a Markov versus versus Tom Phillips, or knowing which one of these sort of mid-price guys? Once you do have that completed team, to, is right to jump off. For those who don't have a completed team, it's pretty simple, isn't it? Just get those rooks off. Absolutely. Yep. All right, Lou. The other thing we're going to talk about for hot topic here: Brody Grundy. Now, when or never. He's back, Brody Grundy, a few coaches held, so they won't have to worry about it. And I'm really interested, actually, to to hear how those coaches went. So, tweet at the pod pod because you might be in a really good position here because he's going to be a tricky one to bring in over the next couple of weeks for a lot of coaches. 
Would I go now? No, I actually wouldn't. Oh, he's got the 150 break even. And I think most coaches have Sean Darcy or Riley O'Brien sitting there. You can go with them for another week or two and watch Grundy and, and pick him up at a cheaper price later. Those with a rookie R2, I think, in my opinion, you've gone down that stream now. Mm. So, if you can get up elsewhere, then maybe you can hold off on Grundy as well and ride that wave a little bit longer because you are generating cash with, say, a Joel Amity, but it's certainly not never, Brody yeah. Grundy. He's going to be pretty much the top one or top two Ruckman this year, I think. So, I would be making uh, strong plans to bring him in, but I wouldn't necessarily be prioritising him over, um, you know, like you said, a Tom Phillips or a Markov. If you've got Rob there, we've seen that Rob can go 90 plus. So, just using that as an example, but now Brody Grundy, certainly over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, Frio this week, Shawnee Das might give him a run for his money, old Shawnee. He could, he's yeah, a, he's, he's going to be a bit underdone, season, so. Grundy. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Be interesting to see. And you've got to see selection too. If you see that they've selected, um, say, Robert Harvey's role and with- if, he, if he's got a Max Lynch yeah, and, yeah. and Darcy Cameron in the side, then you got to steer clear. Grundy's, I'm not saying Grundy couldn't still pop a ton with those guys in the side, but given his break even still so massive, you can just wait a week and see. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I'm not rushing out to pay a stack of money, even though it is Grundy and we know what he can do until he's proven that he's right to go again and, and, you know, we can be comfortable in this new setup that we're probably going to see from Robert Harvey this week. It's going to be very interesting. There's probably That's probably another hot topic as to so many questions coming through with uh, with Collingwood, what to expect. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what, what he's got to offer, um, you know, what the coaching and what the selection committee and stuff has to offer for Collingwood. It's going to be seriously an interesting week for the Pies. Um, moving on, another, another unfortunate hot topic this week for yeah. players that jumped on. Mitch Duncan, I'm really hearts out to you if if you picked him up. I know one of our one of our listeners, friends of the show, uh, Obermullet, the Nathan from uh, the Fantasy Factory, he jumped on. I know a few other coaches did, thinking just to grab that high ceiling and grab that point of difference, even though the high price, even mid buys, just. Oh, just so you know, my heart my heart goes out to you. It's just unfortunate. And now there's a whole new generation of. Never again lists for Mitch Duncan. And uh, there's a lot of coaches that have him on there because of this pretty much. Uh, Obviously, couldn't control the uh, PCL, I think it was, Doss. But always prone to missing a couple of weeks at a crucial time is Duncan. Yeah, and it's it's, it's always something. It's just something different every time, seems like. You know, whether it's a KO, a hamstring, Often a hamstring, but um, yeah, something every time. Poor Mitchie Dunks. But hey, that's that's the hot topics for this week. We've got a stack of um, players to get through that Louis is going to take us through just after this. We've also got rookies uh, to target as well. And there's actually some nice options this week. We, were, we had a dearth of them last week, but we've got stacks to get through this week. Hopefully a few debutantes as well. And then we've got your listener questions later on. But if you do enjoy our weekly podcast, then join up to be a member of Pod Pod Plus for an extra weekly podcast recorded on a Wednesday night with five-time top 100 finisher, the Statesman, who was on the show, on the main show last week as well. And that's a heavy focus on answering your questions. We delve deeper into those and answer your trade dilemmas and uh, really look at your teams with a serious eye for how to improve them. Um, you get to also brainstorm with Pod Pod Plus members on our exclusive Facebook group. And you also get a shout out on this podcast. So welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the pod squad, I should say. Kyle Brett, 
Xavier Kramer and Jack W. A huge thanks to all our new members. You can sign up at keeperleaguepod.com.au when you go to the premium resources tab and hit bonus episodes or just click the link in the podcast description and sign up today. Lou Dog, I think you want to take us through some of these uber premiums that we can start targeting. Yeah, I do. And I just want to preface this by saying that um, if we're looking at uber premiums in more cases than not, it should be about shoring up your mid-pricer because you've got to spend a lot of money to get up from a rookie. So, if you're looking at uber premiums, I'm basically saying you've probably got a completed side. And that's what I just wanted to say that before I go into these guys. And with shoring up these mid-prices, this is where you can actually start getting your point of difference. Because if you can put 200K, theme of the podcast so far, on Tom Phillips yeah. or CJ or or Markov, what have you, then you can get yourself a real genuine 120 averaging player yeah. up from a bloke who you're not sure whether they're going to score 70 each week. So, yeah. you start to create a gap in points there. So Could be going plus 40 a week, couldn't you? That's it. So, we'll start with the top three most expensive DOS. And right now, Took Miller is the most expensive player in the game. And he's one of two players at this price tag I'm actually okay with paying up for if you have the cash. Always prefer to find value, of course. That's you always do. been me. Every but, week. but Took is a machine. He, he yeah. looks so good and works so hard. And and he, he gets like three or four smothers a game. It, yeah. it gets If he got points for all the one percenters he did, he would be averaging 200 this year. <laughs> so, uh, now I think he can easily average 120 from this point on. In which case, he's actually worth paying up for then. And last three, 137.5. So, with a ceiling like that, um, he's someone that I really like. Jack McRae is the other one. Uh, the only thing I'll add to this, though, is that if you're not already a McRae owner and you're still competing, you may once again be better off chasing value and using it as your point of difference because yeah. you've gotten this far, you're within an arm's reach. Yes, you could match them and that might be the right play, but at the same time, I'd I'd probably look at going uh, somewhere else and, and trying to get that. He nearly, nearly had... Uh his first sort of under-ton game too. He really, close, as yeah. he always does though, he bounced back and got you up there. But yeah, it wasn't looking promising uh, against the Cats. Was Yeah, but this week against West Coast, then North, my goodness, it's going to be back to oh, yeah. back to Jack McRae of old. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem paying up for him, but I'm in sort of a situation where I have not had him all season long. Do you, you've got him, don't you? No. Wow, and what are you, what are you thinking just- go against him or are you willing to just you got to alleviate not having him at this time at this point look i look at that price tag and um then i look at let's use for example christian petrarca yeah. so petrarca's 739k jack mccray's 893k now i don't yeah. think petrarca is going to average more than mccray mm. uh, to finish the season here but i think there is less than a 20 to 25 point gap, which is actually the price difference between yeah. them at the moment. You almost bank 200K, mm. 150K. So, uh, no, in that case, I would probably go against it. But yeah. at the same time, you are paying for Jack McRae. You know what you're going to get, mate. I know what Captain you mean, option. though. You, you're not going to bet against McRae with a guy with a 650K price tag no, that's just no. not going to get it done. Or like taking a punt on a guy like- Even like a Brandon Ellis. I don't think you'd do that. But no. with a guy like Petrarca who- has showed us a pretty solid ceiling and consistency, especially last season when he was magnificent. Let's use Whitfield. Yeah. Top six defender. Yeah. And you still make 140K. Go, mm. well, not going down, but trading him instead. So, um, anyway, let's move on to the next one. Yeah. Darcy Parrish, who 
Holy moly, he's at 886k and it looks like he's topped out now, but I don't think anybody expected this. Yeah, had his first little marginal stinker on the weekend, kicked a goal right near the end to, to push up to his 84. Can't complain with that, though, if you've been an owner. If you did bring him in this week, though, in round 14, you'd probably be a little bit upset considering he had the Hawks on deck. 84, he, he doubled that the week prior, like the week prior to the buys. So, um, you'd be slightly disappointed with that. And right now with Melbourne and Geelong coming up, I'm not paying up for Parrish. No, not at all. And um, he's probably a prime candidate uh, with what we were just speaking about earlier, where if you hopped on Darcy Parrish when he was 580k, mm. he's topped out at 880k. You've got a completed side. Go down. You're making cash. Get creative because, like you said, he's got a he's got a tough matchup going forwards. And I just don't think that he can maintain an average of eight hundred eighty thousand. I think that's um, a bit of a tall order for me. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I'm just trying to figure out a sort of play you could go. I mean, a lot of people already have a Whitfield. What about a Petrarca, like you're saying? What are you making from him? You'd still be making- I don't have the prices on here yeah, quickly. Yeah, nearly 150K. 150K. What does that get you going Tom Phillips if you've still got him up? You're paying, you've got about 674K in the bank to spend. There you go. Something so you- like that be worthwhile doing or is Parrish just, you know, it's he's still got an 84. Well, you could do it. I mean, off the top of my head, maybe you went Parrish down to Petrarca, like mm. you said, and then you went Tom Phillips up to Jai Simpkin. You want to take a pun on that? Mm. Why not? <sighs> yeah. It's, uh- we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah. It, Jai Simpkin, maybe not the man for me, but we'll talk yeah. about that later. Even like, I mean- talking this is a defender so you'd have to do some dpp shuffle like a Jaden short bashahuli on their run home they've got a great run home daniel rich ceilings. have you seen brisbane's run home he's gonna be cheap in a couple of weeks as well so Very there's nice. another one for you toby green's still 653k as well so anyway that's just a few options yeah like you said get creative it is an exciting time and i don't know if i'd be doing that if i was a parish owner just because the ceiling has that's been so it. massive and, and we're talking about value 800k players that's a 150 15 average and obviously that climbs as you go up towards 897 or whatever took miller is so when you're trading in these guys and I'll, I'll list the candidates here you need to be able to ask yourself do i think they can average 115 from this point on in the season yep so i'll, I'll give you this list here dos yep jack Steele. you asked me do i think that do, do, I think do you, you think, think so yeah yeah well, I think so. And at 827K, is at the right price. Last three, 130. So, next up, Marcus Bontempelli. Actually, I'd say steals slightly unders, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bont? It's on the yeah. nose there. That's there. That's a t- 115. Yeah. Couple, of, couple of tags and that yeah, goes he, down to 105. He though. comes home like a steam train every year, though. And, and you know, seeing as- 855K. Yeah. I'm saying that as a proud owner. I oh, know, I know, I know. You love the bond. I do too. Uh, Cam Guthrie, 835k. You can't pay that with his injury question marks now. You just can't. His name, his name alone, just is so scary. I'd yeah. love to be. He'd love. I'd love to have him as a point of difference. You know, I would have loved to have had him as a point of difference, but just to bring him in at that price, you'd feel so disgusting doing it. You couldn't. Tim Taranto, 861K. He's crept up in price big time. He's highly owned, so you probably wouldn't chase him now, but he's one that you would be confident on averaging 115 from here on, I think. Cogs is back soon. Do you just, you know, as a non-owner, would you just avoid it? Yeah, at this point, if you don't own Taranto, um, I mean, he's on a run at the moment, but I, I 
struggle to pay 861k. It's always going to be my view. Latest injury report saying Cox is a few more weeks away than um, hoped. So he's actually he'll, he'll play. He'll play forward, I think, Cogs. Yeah, plus, yeah, three to four weeks. You've seen how um, they've- Geelong has brought Dangerfield back slowly. Gee, knowing Leon, Cogs might have to make his way back through the through the VFL. Yeah, he's going to be a tagging forward again. So watch out, <laughs> Jeremy Howe. Uh, Tim, uh, sorry, Clayton Oliver. Next up, eight hundred k on the nose. His last three is ninety three point seven average. So he's down on form, and he's not really down on price either. So at one forty seven break even, I think you can wait a couple of weeks and target him soon. You can wait. He's a guy that. Um you could get rewarded though as well. He could go one point so, seven. Yes, yeah. You could. You could bring. I, I don't know what his ownership would be like. I'd imagine it's pretty. It's not unique per se. So you know, you wouldn't be gaining a huge advantage by paying up. I'd but, say in terms of the uniqueness. That being said, I think he does average one fifteen. Yeah, I think he's in too. that club. Me too. Uh, next up, we got Max Gorn. He's a must-have. Um, won't expand too much on him. Jared Lyons. I can see that, but yeah. Lockie Neal is going to be a hundred k cheaper, and he hasn't really played a lot of footy with Lockie Neal recently. So I just looked, want to watch Neil how that goes. Good. Neil looked very good. Obviously, he Lions did. And we, looked. He played immaculate. with Lions last year as well, so we know what that looks like. But um, I just think there's a there's a teammate there that's so much more value that yeah. you probably wouldn't Honestly, look at Lions this week. Would you? I don't know if he's on your list, and I, I, I'll just have a quick look. I don't think he is. Same run and, you know, this would be the completely unique play. Um, you'd probably go Neil. But McCluggage is the other guy with Brisbane's run. We saw what he did earlier in the season. He did a few of those big scores with Neil and Lyons in the team with him. Would you like any of he- would you like him as a say a pod for, for McCluggage or you just the other two guys are that much better? Look, he is on the list, Doss. Um Ooh. if you scroll down a little bit, it's under Uber Premiums I wouldn't touch. Uh <laughs> Hugh McCluggage and it's got troop troops are back. So <laughs> yeah, I see, um, yep. I see him there now. I, I don't think you do that. I think Lions and nearly your two main men and I've said before on this podcast, I don't really like trading in the fourth to fifth yeah. best midfielders. No, understandable. Understandable. Next up, Ben Keys. Not going to talk about him, but he's not going to go. Well, he, he's no Why, one's trading in Ben Keys. <laughs> oh, no. It's just he's a bit of a nuts fantasy player, a little bit like Cam Guthrie probably. Josh Kelly, he can go 115. Absolutely. So, he's a target. Ollie Wines, absolutely. And isn't he in ripping form, Doss? Yeah. By the way, on Kelly, it's good to see uh, his ankle injury isn't considered too serious. So, um I think he's going to be, yeah, okay, going forward. Uh, gee, it was lucky people ver- w- that brought him in this week or, you know- Would have been sweating. Would have been sweating. People that put him C, if they went um, McRae VC and then J- Josh Kelly C, I saw a few people putting the C on him this week. You know, against Carlton, he's had a great history against them. Couldn't go, couldn't uh, fault that decision. S- just fought his way to a ton for you. He was limping all over the place. So anyway, the, just on Josh Kelly, Ollie Wines- Fire out. He's, he's good, isn't he? Brownlow form, yeah. So, a big price tag to pay now, but um, probably based on what he's doing, he's going sort of 125 every week. So, there I is like a little bit options. of upside I there I like still. other options on this he, list, weirdly. Yeah, he's yeah. an inside ball. So, yeah. you do fear that he could have a sort of 28 possession game yeah. and, you know, only get you your 85 just love, because there's so pe- many handballs People in that it. jumped on in the last few weeks, like credit to you, because he was looking amazing and-, and uh, yeah, just now that that price has creeped well well above eight eight hundred k, I just prefer going a guy even even to be honest, like a guy like I mean Jack Steele is pretty much similar price, like just a guy that I think can go 
you know, he's not going to get targeted. He's in a bad team, so yep. he's going to go your one twenties and not get not get attention. So. And finally, we've got Aaron Hall. He's 804K. Last three, 118 average. Uh, He didn't seem too affected by the inclusions of Tarrant and McDonald on the weekend. So, um, he's one where I think he's probably the boat's been missed there. I'm not sure he's going to average even 105. A guy even worse than McRae looked like he was going to have his lowest score in a long time. He was on, I think, 30 at halftime, I want to say, Aaron Hall. He's- his late uh, last half scoring was, you know, he must have got his entire. I think he literally was on thirty at halftime. So I thought I thought I'd got away with not having Hall another week this week. And nah. this is what burst scorers do, isn't yeah. it? He's he's crazy. What, who's he got this week? He's got a great matchup this week, doesn't he? It's not going to be pretty again. I reckon. I reckon he's got another absolute stonker matchup. Um, anyway, Lou, you got any other players for us to look at here in the Uber Premium bracket? Yeah, I've, in the Uber Premiums, I've, I've sort of included sort of seven hundred k and up, maybe a little yep. bit more. So, Gold um, Coast for Aaron Hall Revenge Tour. Gold Coast. Yep, there you go. Grudge match. Oh yeah. Uh, Tom Mitchell, seven hundred ninety six k. He's threatening. To have a massive ceiling game. I think he was on like 93 at halftime. Yeah. And and only got to sort of his 130 or whatever it was. Yeah, but- look, it's another case of the reverse curse. Um, I was saying <laughs> the DOS reverse curse. If I if I say someone's looking like they're down on form a bit, they certainly respond back. It's it's almost like the uh, the rocket, the Roy's rocket. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> working pretty well, me saying uh, someone's not doing, doesn't have a great ceiling. So, Tom Mitchell, I was very concerned a few weeks ago. His lowest time on ground for the season, I, I marked it, I reckon it was two or three weeks ago. It was pre-buy. That might have just been leading up to the buy, a bit sore, resting in before having a big s- storm home, that, basically. I think maybe that trade talk sort of put a rocket under him too. <sighs> yeah, so he had 76% the time on ground against the Suns. I think I had him captain, so I was very upset with that. 76 points he scored that week after being traditionally scoring amazing against him. He's gone 125, 134 after the buys. He's got GWS this week. I don't see him. Oh, I mean, does he get DeBoer though? That's that's a question for you. Could. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. All right. One to watch. But yeah, Tom Mitchell. Got to love him. We know what he can do. That's up. And we know what Lockie Whitfield can do. He's a defender. Yeah. He's going to be top two, I think. Isn't he? God, I love him. He's a good player. I, so I, need, I need him. I you need, need him. to get him in. Yeah. He, he, he is a close as close as you can get to a must-have. Okay. Lockie Neal, we've spoken a little bit about him. He's 728K, but I reckon he's going to cop the Mark O'Connor tag this week. Mm, the mock lock. The mock like lock, it. that's it. So, uh, he'll be a top eight midfielder, I think, after this matchup here okay. because Lions, they're charging towards finals and they need their best player, Lockie Neal, playing well. Oh, so, he's going to be at yeah. every single centre bounce like we saw last year, 95% time on ground. Yeah. <laughs> he, I reckon he's going to go nuts. So, I'm really big on Lockie Neal after this week. I test. He was back. He was thirsty. He was showing that observable yep. thirst, actually. So, the week before, a little bit tentative, first game back. I still don't like how he handles tags, though, I've got to say. It's something that, as an owner, you'd like to see someone not get bothered by it. He still just gets so frustrated when people come and show him a bit of attention. So, that's just something, especially with Mark O'Connor this week. Still got the 115 break even. I think I wait this week. Go the week after. You've got Crows, Saints, Richmond, Hawthorne, Gold Coast. And he's not going to get away in price either unless yeah. he has an absolute mammoth, which, one which more we week, don't think One he more week then, I reckon, yeah, take him for that massive run home. They've got such a good run home after this Geelong game. 
Brad Crouch, 744K. He's underpriced right now. He is in great yeah. form, averaging 123 off of his last three games. And yeah. I think he's finally starting to find his feet in that Saints midfield. Absolutely. You, so he's- You like the ceiling, the risk of the injuries, why- do you go in a di- I personally think now that he's up there, when he was 600, it was like a no-brainer and I almost feel so stupid that well, I didn't he, do he it. He only fell to about 670. Yeah. So, he's only 80K more than that. So, he's, he's 10 points more. But I don't. you can't worry about yeah. injuries now, Doss. We're in the yeah. second half of the year. No, We've got to true. chase points. And if they're going to get injured, they're going to get injured. But the longer you wait and the longer Brad Crouch averages 123, let's say mm. he does that, then you're just hurting your own side and- and you sort of look back in hindsight and wish you did it. So Harmy was all about it when he jumped on the show. He was he brought in Brad Crouch that week, I think, which was mate, that was a while ago now. What are we talking about? Round twelve or something? He's a good coach. Very good coach. Very <laughs> good coach. Yeah, nah, nah, Brad Crouch is pretty good. Pretty R- good. Rory Laird, if you don't already have him, then get him. He's clearly a top six defender. Uh Callum Mills, once again, uh, he's a good target off the bye. I think he's still actually relatively unique. So at 776k, you you're sort of paying up for him now, but but he hasn't gotten away from you either. So perhaps you could take him on. Dane Zorko, 767K. Uh, you're going to want him in your forward line before the end of the year, I think, Doss. He's the sort yeah. of player that's going to average sort of 105 plus from here, I think, as the Lions sort of charge towards finals. Yeah, so is he another one? Especially you- this week with Mark O'Connor perhaps tagging uh, Lockie Neal. But maybe, yeah. maybe you hold off in case he does go to the Zork. Either or, um, I, I don't have a, I don't have an issue as well as this week. If you've got nothing better to do with the Lockie Neal, you're going to have him. You know how many, how many weeks are left? The rest of the weeks remaining, you're going to get great scores. So, going this week, you might lose a little bit of coin, but at least you know that you know if something goes wrong next week, at least you've got him there. That's it. Um, yep. Same with Zorko for me, and like Plans you change. said, he might not get attention, so he could. He sometimes Zorko for me is a guy that. I actually like him in the games where it's a big a big matchup. You know, if he's coming up against one of the top teams, usually Zorko actually comes to play. So, yeah, don't mind Zorko this week. Uh, let's move on now, Doss, to some of the Uber premiums I wouldn't touch. Okay. So I've got a couple here. Um, Sam Doherty. Okay. Sporadic yeah. role, Doss. Mm. He's up on the wing. He's received a bit of criticism on how he's playing on the wing. And with what's going on at Carlton, they're under review. I think there's going to be a few coaching changes. I'm not saying Teague's out, but I'm saying that there might <laughs> be, be a different direction at the club and yeah. and where they want to take it. So, Sam Doherty, I'm hesitant to touch now. And, and I don't think he's going to be a top six defender from now on. Yeah, as a non-owner, I just always flash back. And this is so harsh for a guy that I've absolutely loved as a fantasy player his whole career and missed him for those two years that we we missed out on having him grace our fields in fantasy footy. But I just keep coming back to um, last season when we had to hold him for the whole second half of the season, having like a 57 average next to his name. So, yeah, I I tend to agree with you that I'd um, look to avoid bringing in a player that his ownership must have risen now because I know he was unique early days. I'll have a look at his ownership. I, I don't think it's massive, Doss. Mm. So, um, 14%, 14%. 14%. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's not massive. I wouldn't have thought. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm the same page though. I think, you know, he hasn't tunned up in his last three. So, I'd be looking elsewhere. Uh, next up, Andrew Gaff. And the reason is it just hasn't clicked yet, has it? Yeah. It's been 14 rounds of football. And he just doesn't look himself. So, 
even though he's at 708k and arguably when it does click he would be value i don't think you touch it now i think you just leave that be and and maybe he's a little gift next year yeah, it's, it's he's one I'm looking at as a person in my position, which is, you know, well outside contention. Um, as a guy, low ownership, under 10%, he's down at 7%. If he shows me one good week, I might jump on just because yep. if, he, if he has the inside- oh, I couldn't back, blame you to do that. If he has the inside mids back, feeding him the ball, is he not a guy that would do better with better players around him? Like he's had to be the big focus basically of I, the West Coast midfield. I'd want a big score. Yeah. Or, or two very good ones, I think, Doss. But it's not the easiest run home. At either, this point, really. uh, there's a lot of good midfielders out there, and I think Agreed. you can do better than, so than Andrew Gaff. So Avoid Gaff, yeah. Uh, Hugh McCluggage, already mentioned him before. But next up, we've got- I'm a fan of McCluggage. Sammy Walsh. Yeah, I don't mind McCluggage. I'm putting it out there. Uh, Sam Walsh. Can't target him now. Yeah, the tag. 767K. Yeah. He was tagged on the weekend. Carlton lost. They fell apart. It's, it's pretty clear that- it's going to happen again, I think. I think the tag's going to return to Sam Walsh. But just the uh, the fact that he's got GWS in round 23 again. Again, yeah. So, you would assume he's going to cop Matt DeBoer again, in which case, if you're an owner now, probably jumping off after round 22 as a little bit of a luxury trade. Yeah. But you wouldn't bring him in because you might have to deal with his 55 in eight weeks' time. Mm. Can I just say, though, I, th- I did mention it and I th- I've already said it once, but he just didn't get used for any plus sixes and he was working for them. And I think he could have been used. It wasn't like he was the, the man was right on him. Like he outran his opponent, whether that was DeBoer or whether they switched on to someone else. Like he always had someone next to him. He was out working. He was still out working him. And I actually think he can. I think he could have broke. I reckon he could have easily had a 90 plus in this game. He just did not get used by the Carlton players, which I, I found bizarre. It's like you've got a player that's copping a tag. When he's free, just give him the ball. Kick it to well, him. Well, this is the same problem that they've had for years. Yeah. Patrick Cripps was never protected. And, and look how he's going. And now at just 25 years old. Though, he's so- he worked so hard for the share and give him the, give him the pill. So, we're talking about Matt DeBoer. Let's talk about some of the tags that could be incoming. I so, like this, yeah. GWS, next four, which I think that's our most relevant ones right now. We can address later on. Matt DeBoer might not even stay in the team. So, we don't want to go too crazy on this. <laughs> yeah. But he's got Hawks, Melbourne, Gold Coast, and Sydney, the next four, which would mean at wow. Hawthorne, you would assume Tom Mitchell, yeah. maybe Jager O'Meara. At Melbourne, you would go Oliver or Petrarca. At yep. Gold Coast could be Took, but I don't think they tag Took. I think it might be um, the star midfielder, Braden Fiorini, who's come <laughs> in, came in, gave us a show. They actually adjusted him up to 70. I just want to nice. say the, 70 see, in the 60% time on ground. God, he's good. Gold Coast is the tricky one here, Doss, because after Took, uh, the players that you would tag probably aren't worthy of tagging. So, you got Brandon Ellis- He's probably number one on that list. But when you when you look at the other ones, Greenwood, he's an inside tackling midfielder. Rao, he's not really in any form. Weller, he's not in any form. Anderson, yeah. I'm not sure you're going to tag him. So, it's almost yeah. like the last guy standing is talk. Yeah, and you wouldn't- uh, Like, it's not the person for the job. Matt DeBoer's not the guy, but like a Lacocious would be a guy that maybe could cop that defensive forward yeah, tag in the we've future. S- we've but seen not that from DeBoer, DeBoer. so yeah. it could happen. He's but- too, uh, yeah, I think he's he's got different skill set. But yeah, you, I don't know where you go there. Probably probably took. 
And then uh, finally, Sydney. So that could be Mills, Parker, or Josh Kennedy, I feel. Yeah. Josh Kennedy, second half of the year specialist, came out again with a big score on the weekend. He's a good player. Gee. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. I mean, I don't know. We need to see if it continues. Yeah, we By do. By the way, Matt DeBoer got off the <laughs> off the leash himself on the weekend. What was with that? How do you mean? What did he did he score well? Oh, massive. <laughs> yeah. You're kidding. I, was, I, I, I didn't that's, even look. That's what I was saying. Yeah. So like I was playing I was playing a bit of DFS. Um and for uh, I was telling Louis pre-show. Playing DFS has been a um bit of a godsend for me. I don't I don't usually do DFS. I'm not a huge um into gambling or anything like that, but the missus actually really pays attention to the footy when she gets to make a little team. So just chuck on <laughs> a little little cheeky team <laughs> nice, pre-game nice. and she gets involved in the footy. So I've been enjoying that. But he he killed me on the weekend. Hundred and three for Matty DeBoer. That's massive. Wow. That be a career high score yeah. for Matt DeBoer. Yep. Absolutely killed my lineups. But anyway, uh move on, Lou. All right, should we move on to some mid-prices, Dossie? Absolutely. All right, so if you're competing and you're very close to a completed team, like I've said, we're not pussyfooting around. We're not doing these Hail Marys. Like I said, Zach Bailey. I think Zach Williams probably falls under that boat. Your man, Jack Lacocious, I put under that umbrella as well, Dossie. I think these are the players that, while the upside could be there, the downside is massive and at their ownership, you are just going to cop it, especially as you yeah. sail towards, hopefully with a wet sail, around 23. So, I want to talk about some mid-prices and I've also included whether or not I think they can be a keeper. Yeah, cool. Which is what you want. So, we'll start off with Jai Simpkin, high ceiling Dossie, and he was someone, mm. I think in episode one of the Pod Pod, I said, pretty keen on Jai Simpkin. I think he can be a real underpriced option this year. And- He's been all right. He's got a massive ceiling, but the problem is the reason he's averaging only, I think, 100, is it? A little bit less. Maybe less, man. I think he was only in the 80s last week. He's he's got a low floor, Doss. So, he's 65, 67, 52, and 63 are are included in 13 of his games. So- you know, three scores above 110 as well, and that includes a 110. So, you know, I did speak about that ceiling. It is there, but is it there often enough for you to jump on Jai Simpkin at 700K now? I'm not so sure, but if that's all you can afford, it's far from a bad option as well. And and he could be serviceable at M8 um, for yep. a little while if he can maintain some form. Yeah, I was- and, and he's going to be in the midfield because North are looking well and truly towards probably 2029 at this stage. So, they need to develop him. (laughs) Look, I I was happy for it to be a play during the buy rounds um, just because of that ceiling and and it paid off. You know, he's had had 103, 126, 108 in his last three. One of them was pre-buys, but- And he was also mid 600s at that point. At this point- um, the, actually, the one thing that I'd throw that could be a spanner in the works is is Jed Anderson's only one to I think he's he was two to three last week, so he he's Good might point. only be yep. a week away, and he's a guy that does chew up some center bounces. So I, I'd be wary of that as something going forward. Also, that the magnets could shuffle um, heading towards the end of the season for North. Now, Noble's actually been cheeky the last couple of weeks. He's tried to go for a few W's here um, in amongst this season. So we've seen like Cherry. You and I jumped on him thinking, oh, he's going to get ruck time. They're not really serious about winning games. They're not. They're going to keep playing Goldie Ford. He's been playing forward with Tom Campbell in the side. All of a sudden, Goldie's playing primo ruck. Cherry's not getting his shot. I think we see um, as the last, particularly tail end of the season, Simpkins should be safe. But, 
you know, guys like Cunnington move out of there and does that midfield sort of struggle if they put in some guys like maybe they put in Stevenson on the inside? Any other That's inside? It, it becomes unpredictable. Will Phillips, he's got to get a go on the inside towards the end of the yep. season. So. That's why I'd be avoiding Simpkin. I think they might go back to their struggling ways. And that's why he's not a keeper for me in this list. So, one that is Patrick Dangerfield. Uh, top six forward, obviously. Uh, there's no room for him to play forward either in that cat side. So, he's going to be playing full-time mid. 698k with a massive break even at the moment. So, you can wait a week, maybe two. You probably want to see the form flip a little bit, maybe dish up a 90 for you. But absolutely, Dangerfield is a keeper and he should be a massive target for all coaches over the next few weeks. Yeah, break even still 135. It is too high, isn't it? Um, but Don's, Carlton, Freo, Richmond, North... After after the Brisbane Lions this week, uh, he does average over a hundred, over a hundred and two against every single opponent after the Essendon game. He's not uh, not had a significant average against Essendon. Don't know if that's injury affected or not, but he's only averages eighty six against Essendon in round sixteen. From seventeen onwards, that one hundred two plus average on the way home against his opponents. So massive. You know what you're going to get. Next up, we got Kyle Langford. Now, I prefer him over Simpkin at a similar price. I think okay. he might actually be about 20K cheaper. So, I'm not on as hot on him as others, but he could be there about to top six forward, especially with the right role and especially with how thin the forward line still actually is in terms yeah. of being a, a bona fide top six to 10 forward. So, uh, I don't mind it. The problem is he's a little bit of a Mr. Fix-It guy. He's very adaptable mm. and can play a lot of different roles. So, at one stage, he might be playing midfield. Another, he might be plugging a hole at half forward. Yeah. So, Kyle Langford, for me, I brought him in last week um, for starters. He, he was my trade-in last week. I didn't see the Essendon game to know enough. I'd have to check the centre bounces. Was he in there? Because I think Stringer might have taken his centre bounce attendances, which is kind of why I brought him in was- um, Kyle Langford was starting to attend centre bounces, uh, and then Andy McGrath went down as well. We'd seen, um, yeah, so he was he was up towards sixty percent over his last three games. I think Kyle Langford, after barely barely attending centre bounces all year, and then we saw in his last three, he's been averaging you know one hundred and seven in his last three. So, do you think he gets those centre bounces back? I mean, if I'd have to check it out. So just preface this with I'd have to check it out but if he doesn't if Stringer starts getting those set of bounces I'd probably be lower on his ceiling personally well I think Stringer will he he yeah. played a massive game on the weekend but the problem with oh, I just think that Essendon are right on a knife's edge on whether they're going to play finals or whether they're not mm. and once they know they're not I can just see them throwing in Archie Perkins Nick Cox into the midfield do it all and and really just show off the kids because that's what sort of the off-season was about for them. Look at us. We're rebuilding. We've got these three young kids. So, I could see that happening too and maybe Langford doesn't get as much opportunity. But at the same time, we're throwing darts at a board, mate. We don't know what they're going to do. And and based on what we've seen from Langford, I think he only dished up an 82 on the weekend or whatever. That's pretty decent if that's his floor. Yeah. So, I just want to throw out you and, and make sure you check out the Centre Bounce Attendance article on uh, keeperleaguepod.com.au during the week. We dropped that on a Wednesday morning just to make sure that we are talking about the right stuff here on the on the Langford CBAs. But from round five to eight, this this is Kyle Langford's Centre Bounce Attendance percentage. So, not, not his actual Centre Bounces, but his percentage of uh, Centre Bounces attended. 20, 12, 0, and 3. Then we move to round nine to 12. 
it was 77, 66, 70, and 63. And that includes when he went on his run of, you know, 107 in his last three, includes those 60 plus percent time, uh, percent center bounce attendances. So that's why I picked him in my team. Um, yeah, let's not talk about Langford anymore, but I'm looking at those center bounces to make my decision if I'm a non owner. Yeah, you probably last week, I think, was the time to get yeah. on. Now, now it's a little bit tricky. It's yeah. a bit of an awkward price now, too. Agreed. So, uh, we'll move on to a bloke who's actually cheaper than him and and I've got as a keeper here, which is Lockie Hunter. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Based on scoring history, I've got enough confidence in Lockie Hunter at his cheap price tag to be able to jump on and hope that he can be a top six forward. And even if he's not, I don't feel like it's going to burn me much. Nah, love Lockie Hunter. Nothing to say there. Yeah. And for the same reason, Dusty Martin, he's underpriced still. He's going to be close enough to a top six and he's got a high floor. He rarely plays a poor game. He might dish up a 70 here and there, but generally he's pretty good for a 90. So uh, don't mind Dusty Martin at his price. Travis Boak. Yeah. Looked what do at you him, think there, Dossie? I looked at him last week. Uh, what did he score this week? Was he okay? Yeah, he, got, he turned up. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a and nice- I think he, he does turn up. I think he's going to turn up more weeks than not. So, at his price tag of 700K, I think you, you are buying upside there. He's, he's someone who I can see going on a run of 110s, especially if the Port midfield sort of need to step up, which they do. But at the same time, do Port shuffle the magnets around a little bit? They've got- are just yeah. so many midfielders that can run through there. So I, I'd avoid as as yeah, it might be the wrong call there, but I'd avoid just because um, last year I think he had his massive massive season was last year, wasn't it? And and I think and he dropped before, off towards the end he, of the year. I think too. he's done that the last couple of years. I think he starts strong and tails off. So it's kind of the opposite of the J- JPK. Um, where JPK's traditionally just always goes bonkers in the second half of the year. I think Bont's been a bit like that, to be honest. This year's been the Dusty. exception. Um, yeah, so I think Boak maybe might be the opposite way around. He also only averages 100 against two of his next opponents over the run home. So. At the same price, though, if you're going Simkin or Boak, I'm going Boak. As am I. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, still side bottom. I've got him as a keeper, just... I'm not sure about this role, Dossie. He's someone I am worried about because he's at that awkward age of 29. He's not going to be part of the next good Collingwood side, and but he's still a good enough player to really contribute to that side. So, it's going to be interesting how Harvey plays him. He yeah. He's very adaptable. So, still side bottom yeah. can play a very good game up forward, uh, off half back, on the wing, which he's accustomed to, or inside midfield. So, with his ceiling, I, I certainly can't say that he's not a keeper in the forward line, especially yeah. based on what we've got available there. But but I don't know what that role is going to be. So, I, I'd be- I actually traded him out this week. Mm. Um, I, I'd be watching that role. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on, mate. Um, the the unknowns of it and the fact he's a flexible player is, is massive concern. But um, the other thing is if they just go back to- We've seen Collingwood, the whole team, be a fantasy-friendly style of footy. They were kind of getting back towards that in the last game anyway. Um, he could be relevant, but I agree. Like, the role, the roles changing is probably- Side bottom is probably one of the biggest ones for that that could be affected. That's it. And Pies could go into full self-preservation mode and just yeah. play all their guns in the midfield and, yep. and we're going to be laughing. But, yeah, you, you, you wait a week on most of them just to see. One of the blokes I wouldn't know is the captain. 
Scott Pendlebury, he's priced at 592k, Doss. That yeah. is ridiculously cheap, and we know why he's priced that way. He's had a few finger in- injuries this year, and uh, he's had a bit of a sporadic role where they just plugged him in at halfback due to those injuries and up forward a little well, bit he's, there too, he played obviously. So for ages, and then mm. only played one game, started at halfback. Then moved into the guts. Then the next week, um, Buckley was uh, saying he's out. So, then he also played guts um, that week, last week. And now it's just, again, it's an unknown. But you'd think, again, I, I do think, I tend to think generally at least to start with, the incoming coach, I'll be I'll be very, this is why I'm so interested to see what happens. I generally think if you're an incoming coach, Bob Harvey waited for this opportunity for so long. He's probably like, look, I want to win games and show them that I can be the coach that stays here. Yep. So why wouldn't you go with Pendles, well, Cybottom, you know, I don't it, know. It depends on the direction though too. Yeah, the club exactly. might say, hey, you're not the coach. Yeah. So play the kids, Finn mate. Mack, that, that's it. Yeah, put <laughs> yeah. the C on them. But um, yeah, with Scott Pendlebury, he's someone who, unless he's playing full forward or full back, I just don't see a world where Scott DePendlebury yeah. doesn't average 90 plus. And we heard he was injured as well. That probably gave, yep. gives me greater confidence that he's well underpriced. I think Warney tweeted out that he's going to be the most traded in player this week. He should be. Probably no doubt he yep. will be, yeah. Uh, Dan Houston up next, popular option last week, and oh, far out, mm. almost swore. He got off to <laughs> absolute belter, mate. I think yeah. he was on about 50 at quarter time. Gee. But I'd, I'd be picking Pendles over him, to be honest. I, mm. I, I don't see Dan Houston being a bona fide top six defender, but he's going to be thereabouts close enough. So, at at his price, you, you'd certainly pick him, but yep. there's other guys at his price that you might lean to more. So, the Hawks game and the Port game was the two that I basically missed this week. Was Houston back in the guts or was he um, on the half back line again? Did Houston plays an interesting role. He sort of just sits out the back of stoppages and you sort of almost don't know if he's playing midfield or if he's just it's pushed crisp. up. I've said it a few weeks. He is. Crisp, he's, he's exactly like, like Jack Chris. Like, oh, Chris had 20 CBAs. Oh, I thought he was playing half back. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Like, just they like, just oh. push back so much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Dan Houston, certainly an option. Probably more, like you said uh, earlier with uh, Jai Simpkin, he, he was probably a buy option, now, as in buy round option. Now yeah. it's hard to, to sort of pay up and hope that he's going to be a top six defender. I'd, I'd be going- I'd be going elsewhere, I well, think. You guys scared me saying he's done his string in the third quarter, I think it was. So, I yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. what happened there? Well, I got a message from um, Sean Les Brown, came second last year and pops up on my phone, Houston's done a hammy and oh, my heart just drops. <laughs> As did mine when you relayed the message. And he was wrong. So, <laughs> I look like an idiot and- so does he, Sean, if you're listening. Buddy, <laughs> <laughs> Sean. Stitch me up, Sean. Next up, we got Nick Haynes. Uh, probably probably the last week to jump on is this week, I think, Dos. He was another buy-around player, but um, at his price, he's still value. He's got a low break-even, and his scoring is kind of correlated with the Giants' return to form. So, I think he could average 80-plus from here. Still a decent stepping stone, but I'd still prefer to take a pick like this on with somebody yeah. else. I just- I don't see him being anywhere near a top averaging defender. And I think he's honestly going to be a headache in three to four weeks time, which is why I sort of avoided him. Could be wrong and proved to be a very good pick on the weekend. But that's just why I think if he's anything but a stepping stone, um, I wouldn't consider it. Yeah, I like the- You need a plan for that stepping stone. I like the um, taking him on sort of style uh, that you're going here. But yeah, if you jumped on, well done. Caleb Daniel, he's been a mid-pricer 
pretty much since round five. <laughs> since he's that 20. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, his role, though, is a total mystery week to week. I know he's playing inside midfield at, at the moment, <laughs> I just but can't, I just can't you can't pay for him and not know where he's going to play. Bevo. And to be fair, though, you know, first week he got in the 70s, I think it was, playing inside mid-79. Looked pretty comfortable, though. Laid a few tackles this week. Just looked right at home playing in the midfield. I- would yeah, not be surprised if he stays there. Tell you what, Bailey Smith would look a whole lot better in there. Yeah. <laughs> Toby Green. Know, I've got him as a keeper, mate. Uh, phenomenal player, and he can score as a forward and as a yeah. midfielder. Uh, uh, and after this week's performance, I do think he'll be parked at full forward a lot more often than not. And he'll still have those midfield rotations, but perhaps that ceiling might be governed a little bit by getting on the end of a couple of snags. But for me, he's going to be near enough a top six forward. And he's got that, like you said, I think last week on the Pod Pod, um, Dossie, the upside that is there if he can snag yeah. a couple of quarters in the midfield is just incredible. So uh, I'm actually really hot on Toby Green. Yeah. And yeah, he's, he's, he's someone I've got as a keeper. The thing is, he's probably priced at what he scores. He is, and yeah. then he's got that ceiling potential. So that's yeah. it. Yeah. So it's a punt. Uh, I sort of bought him in this week as a 90 averaging forward, yeah. thinking that's okay. You know, he hasn't really burnt anybody with a poor score um, it's just wood if, but it's just if he moves in the mid though and that it, was why I took the punt just in case and goes, I was watching that first center bounce uh, like yeah. a hawk unfortunately right, it wasn't in there yeah that, <laughs> so Briggs was yeah. so that was good and, and the thing is once he if he does get a midfield role you know everyone's gonna jump on so it's like you're just hoping that week that you're the owner where he does move into that's the midfield. it Nobody yeah else has him. he goes the 150 and you've got the leg up but yeah i know what you mean um, um who's your next couple yeah, of players i'll just here. wrap this up uh here dossie patrick cripps i think he's a roller coaster i know he's still cheap but look i just avoid this one especially with all that's going on at carlton uh and, and matt Rao. Mm. he's on this list because he looks cooked dossie I, I could not believe it obviously they played port so i was watching quite closely on the weekend and he, he, there's no effort, you know, he's, he's sticking one hand out. He's running right, like he's yeah. bloody watched too much Naruto with his arms behind his back. <laughs> he's totally limp on the right side. So look, I'd want to see something from Matt Rowe. And even then I'd want it to be seriously significant. It would have to be a huge score. So he's in the back pocket for 2022 for me now. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned it last week on the pod pod I certainly was telling you guys on the group chat during the week as well that we've got but and maybe pod pod plus just Matt Rouse a guy that is such a popular cult hero as well that the moment he does get a 90 he's going to be owned by every single fantasy coach out there you know if he'll be like the pendles bring in this week everyone would just jump on him straight away you take him on exactly yeah just I'm I'm taking on a player like that that like you said, hasn't shown um, the ceiling. And like, I think it's just so unfair on Matt Rowe as well. He's a second year player that's had two significant injuries in what he's played under 10 games. So from his perspective, obviously he's a young player. I just, you know, one day he'll get back to his best, no doubt. But I think it's so much pressure on a young player to be doing well. I think maybe even should have just had a couple of runs in the VFL just to get that that run back in the legs. Hopefully for people that jumped on, he could he could return that form. But he's certainly a guy I'd be taking on, see if he can get back to his best first. And that's that, isn't it, Lou Dog? You've got through all these players. Um, let's hit up Show Me The Money. Show me the money! 
Show me the money, Louis. I'm just going to race through these players. We've, we're at the hour mark already on the show. Dude, this so. is what happens when you let me be in charge of running the show, Doss. I loved it, mate. It's a good combo, though. Um, I'll just run through. Just ramble on. I'll, I'll just read out the list here. Now, you've compiled this list. These are the um, best rookies that we've got for the week. And luckily this week, compared to last week, so Spoil many options. Spoil for choice, mate. For Ridiculous. Choice. So, so I'll just, I'll, you just comment. You yep. give us a oh. quick word or sentence answer. Joel Amity, 260K, uh, 261K ruck forward. He's um, averaging 83 with a negative 29 break even. Must have rookie at this point in the season. Jump on, ride the cash, and it's going to be useful in a month's time. Luke Foley, a 230K. He's a defender, I reckon. Um, 54.3 average with a negative 24 break even. Uh, played more across half back. I think he is a midfielder, Doss, but played across half back. So probably competing with Nelson for the role. So mm. I like him over the next guy, which we're about to mention, defender. Luke Edwards. He, he's a defender. He is a Foley, defender. Yeah. Okay, he's available as a defender. Um, and yeah, actually, I thought he looked really good um, the week before. So minus twenty four break even too. Both massive. these West Coast rookies, if they get named, looked. Really good. As a West Coast fan, I was very happy to see because it's been a question of West Coast list, not to get too much into it, that we the don't depth, have the, yep. the depth and the go- the young guys coming through. To see that was so promising for me as well as uh, Alex Witherden in the twos racking up. Uh, Luke Edwards, of course, 241K. We've just mentioned him, 72.5 average. Looked amazing against Richmond. Negative 23 break even. Is he a guy you're looking at as well? No, I don't think so. He is, he's an option if he plays. But I think he only plays one more week. So, potentially, you've got yourself a little bit of a red dot there. I don't know. Looked real good. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Mate, Shuey in the twos. West Coast want to compete for top four, yeah, I think. Shuey so. in the twos. Tim Kelly coming back soon. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to hold that spot. But if he does, look out. Uh, Ned Reeves, 245K, 73.5 average, negative 21 break even. But Segler, is he playing too good to get back in? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. in really good form at the moment. Uh, probably his last chance. Um, I, I think- uh, he might be a sneaky chance to get traded at the end of the year because Ned Reeves has come on. Uh, pick him once named, but I'm not sure it's going to be this week or next. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Briggs, 215K, 53.5 average. Had a pretty good game on the weekend with in the 60s, negative three break even. What do you think of Briggs's game on the weekend? Yeah, he, he looks good. Target? He looked good. He lined up at the first centre bounce, which was good to see. Uh, sort of split the ruck duties 50-50 with okay. Flynn. And, and Flynn was better up forward, I thought. So maybe that's a good sign moving I forward. Mumford... Uh, have you seen a Mumford injury update yet? We'll have to- uh, No, I'll see. I, I don't even know what's wrong with him. Yeah. I, 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 I just didn't, saw he just was injured. injured. Yeah. I, it wasn't on the injury report so far. So maybe if that's updated, I think they do update that tonight. He's probably just sore. It could just be. Yeah. Soreness. Yeah. But keep an eye on Mummy. If not, if, if he's if he's back, do you just not worry about Briggs? Uh, if he's named, um, I'd look at him. But because his DPP is seriously handy, but but it's always a question with job security. We've seen it all year. It's been the story of the of the Giants Ruckman season with Flynn Briggs and, and Mummy pretty much chopping out there. Yeah, have a look. I think the injury update is on Tuesday morning. Uh, James Madden, 265K, 55.3 average, five break even. Looked actually pretty good on the weekend though. Looked good. High price tag now though. Yeah. And his job security is probably not much better than some of these other candidates. So- um, he looks per- good. Personally, I'd avoid now, but the DPP is nice. Yeah. John Newcomb, 236K, came back to earth in his second game compared to that amazing debut. 57 average, seven break even. John Newcomb. Yeah, Clarko sounds like he wanted to give the kid a real crack in the post-game 
presser next week. So it sounds like he's going to be playing. Yeah. Um, he should maintain the role, and I reckon he's going to find a few more tackles because he got, what was it, 14 on debut and just <laughs> had the three um, last week. So I think he'll get a little bit better, and his floor, I think it can be about 55 if he gets on the end of those tackles. Lockie Bramble for the Hawks as well, coming in for that debut. I wasn't one to jump on, but a lot of people had to this week scrambling for numbers and did okay. 43, 13 break even and 183k price tag. Yeah, he used the ball well and being a 23-year-old um, preseason supplementary pick, he's, he's a decent chance to get a run of games over mm. the next couple of weeks, I think, because- Obviously, Hawthorne, 17th on the ladder. They're going to start looking towards their future. And when you're 23, there's a pretty short window to show that you're part of that. So, I think he might get a string of games here. So, I actually like him as an option if named. Just want to – there's a last name here that's just out of nowhere and it feels like a bit of an exclusive here. But we've got Dill Williams, 170K rookie. Uh, looks like a port player there, Ludock. Yeah, port player. So, um, sometimes you, you need 170k rookie just to get up on the other end of your trade. So, uh, he hasn't played a game yet. I'm sort of just backing him into debut here. Uh, he's got the 25 break even. Uh, he kicked six on the weekend in the Sandfall and, and Port only yeah, well. kicked about seven goals total. So, he kicked about 80% of their scoring, uh, nine scoring shots and Robbie Gray, just went down uh, with a knee injury and he's out for two months now. So, I think that's probably a bit of an obvious replacement and and we'll see if that comes to fruition at the end of the week, Doss. Yeah. So, Dill Williams scored the 92 in the sample as well, um, fantasy points wise. So, you know, that is from six goals though. So, he, he'd just provide you a heartbeat on the field. Another player from, from the VFL, Matt Parker. Um, oh, how did he recycled, go? Recycled, got 112 uh, fantasy points. But is, he's priced- about 350, isn't he? Yeah, so he had 20 touches and 10 tackles. I wonder if that means he's more in and around the footy. Uh, probably still a forward, you'd imagine. Yeah, he's his spot. tackling forward. Um, so those are a few numbers from the VFL. Also a guy, Will Phillips, that we said he continues to build some really good form. 30 touches, seven tackles as well. He had 108. So he's still kind of rookie price, but a bit on the more expensive side. He's a guy that I think will get a run um towards the end of the season and just a shout out as well cheaper option here a guy that if you are looking at the matt rouse of the world if this guy ever gets a gig pat lipinski 143 fantasy points on the weekend for the dogs he's a good player man yeah 36 touches five clearances so uh those those stats there are thanks to keeperleaguepod.com.au you can sign up for a full membership there to get all the sample vfl waffle numbers every single week so they support us they're the sponsor of the show so if you want to support them as well um you can go sign up there you also get access to the breakout tracker advanced center bounce attendance table so i did the center bounce attendance article there you get all the tables which are super handy i've been very much checking them out and using them to help me as well target my players weekly so lou dog we'll we'll really quickly get through as many questions as we can here as we hit up twitter we are at pod pod afl on twitter louis what are you on twits uh, at Louis AF, so give us a follow. And I'm at HK Doss. Let's get to the ones from at PodPod AFL. Okay, this first question comes from Lockie Maux. What are your opinions on Pendles? Cheap, forward, with a history of decent scores. Just worried about the new coach. I reckon we've touched on that, Lou Dog, but 
overall you like him? Absolutely. Yep. I think there's very little downside based on his price. Same here. Row on the boat. Simpkin is the best mid I can afford with who I can uh, who I want to trade out. Do I pull the trigger to bring in a Pendlebury and wait a week for a midfield injection? Absolutely. That was actually, before you finish that sentence, I was going to say, well, don't trade in a midfielder then because there's some options under 700K that you can get to as a forward or a defender that I think are going to average more. Great. Tom DT, can't go up, can't go one up, one down any to anyone decent. Uh, is it better to upgrade a mid-pricer this week if that's your case? So, we've talked about upgrading those mid-price options. If you can't go one up, one down to get to that gun that you want, is it just better to get the mid-pricer up? Yeah, because if you nail that premium, then you are better off, you know, 40 points. But at the same time, I mean, the guy can't go one down, one up. So, that he might be, um, he might just have to go that way. And it's okay because you can still generate points that way. Sweet. Simon Merton. Went to school with Simon. Hope you're going well, mate. Um, Petrarca, <laughs> value pick, low 700s for a 108 average mid. Yeah, we both love Petrarca, I reckon. Yep, absolutely. Only thing that we did flag is that Matt DeBoer will go to him, possibly. Him or uh, Oliver in round 16. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon Oliver's the one that seems to cop the tags from coaches. Yeah, Petrarca's a very good forward, so he can sort of hide up there, can't he? Yeah, he can shake it a bit. Um, Brown Sam, uh, discuss some alternatives to Pendlebury this week at a similar price. Billings, Hunter or Bolton, personally leaning towards Martin with the Tigers fixture coming up. Tigers do have a good fixture. There's a few guys that you didn't mention in that sort of, I guess, mid-price or under 700K price tags anyway in Billings and Bolton. We mentioned Hunter and we both like Hunter as an option, but Billings or Bolton? Billings probably doesn't have the form. Bolton, though, they've got a nice run and he's he's looking great in the midfield. Yeah, Billings doesn't have the form, so you want to see it before jumping on a player like that. Obviously, a bit of a confidence player. Uh, no, Shy Bolton wasn't in my list. Uh, maybe a little bit of an oversight, but I'm not heaps keen on him because he has had a ripping season, but no one's really been on him. So, I think coaches are going to click in that, hey, Shay Bolton, he's a bit of a barometer for the Tigers. Mm, uh, let's put Matheson someone on him and hold him accountable. And look, his ceiling hasn't been massive this season. He's got a highest score of 122, but he's got a lowest score of 38. So, uh, granted, that was back at the start of the season. Probably wasn't playing the same role, but I think he's sort of that high half forward rotating midfielder player who gets on the end of a good score when he hits the scoreboard. But um, yeah, he's, he's, he's awkward and at... 675k you can go to better options 95 in his last three yeah it's he's only tons well he did he had that run of tons but i think that was uh maybe when there was a few less midfielders around him as well you know what i'd actually i'd actually like billings as a random pod to jump on richmond and collingwood in the next couple that's if you're in my situation you're not you know you're not contending there he's, he's a nice pod with a massive ceiling i'll just say that but out of those your safest safest options probably hunter there or the dusty which one do you go dusty or hunter uh or hunter for ceiling and then dusty all right xavier kramer i can get to darcy but not grundy this week is darcy a top six forward absolutely because uh, then i can move him there after uh, getting grundy later darcy's top six forward I think he, he's got it. I think he might be now. Yeah, he's, he's uh he's gotten over the line. I think he's going to average it long ago, ninety five ish. So that should put him well and truly up in that top six ish. Um, Very keen to see how he goes against Grundy this week. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind it. So he's asking, should I bring in Sean Darcy as a forward? Uh, yeah, yeah, instead of um, he can only get to Darcy this week, but not Grundy. So 
is he a top six forward? That way he can yep. bring in Darcy yep. this week, chuck him forward, and then when he can afford yep. if you, Grundy. If you like Sean Darcy, do it. I think he'd be a top six forward. Heather made a bigger priority this week, Grundy or Whitfield? Whitfield? Oh, Whitfield. Whitfield. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep a K's. When does a sandwich or roll become a burger? When it's a circle. Okay. I don't have an answer to that one. Oh, no. They caught me off guard there. <laughs> um, yeah, Miller time. They're having a back and forth. I'll let Miller time and Keep League uh, and K's uh, figure that one out. Alex Grossman, best option for Mitch Duncan replacement. I think we've covered a stack in this pod. Yeah, we've- You probably just pick your favourite yeah, out pick of those. One. Uh, Brady Beer, thoughts on Pendles. Yeah, we yep. like him. Um, Finn, would you prioritise getting the last rookie off-field like Amity or trade underperforming primos first. So this is pretty much the the theme of the podcast, if you will. So get rid of the the Phillips. He's got a Zach Williams and a Bailey Smith. Um, or do you just, you know, rock Amity on the field considering he's serviceable and get rid of those guys? I tend to complete because Amity's a rookie and he could easily dish up a 40, could easily be dropped the following week. And the, yeah. follow- and the following week after that, you're sitting there, oh, I had these trades up my sleeve and I don't have a completed side. So, um, I like to just get it done because injuries happen, drops happen, uh, players get rested, all these sorts of variables. So, now I'd be focusing on completing my team, I think. Uh, this final question comes from Nick Papadados. Observable thirst power rankings. Who wants it more out of Hind, Aaron Hall, and Oleg Barkov? He's known to be- Those <laughs> wow, are definitely some guys. that's a great list. Yeah, those are some guys. That would that- be top three right there. Wow. Oh, there's some guys out there that are very thirsty. Fire out. Who wants it more out of those three, though? I- oh, man. That is a good question. <laughs> I think- I think Hall. I, I think it's- Hall? He's too thirsty. He's so- it, It's just the way he, he begs for it. Uh, I don't know whether the, the arms flailing around, whether he's that sort of a thirsty type operator. Oleg Markov, though, he's not thirsty enough because he doesn't actually get it a lot but of the time. they don't use him. That's yeah, he's, why. He's he, he runs right up he to does. the forward 50. So- but that makes me think maybe he should be screaming a little louder. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's got to trim that moustache. It's sort of muffling it up a bit. <laughs> what about Hind? Uh, I have seen him uh, yeah, illustrate yeah. some and thirst. A clear sure. sign of the observable thirst is locked arms. Mm. So, they are dead straight. They're, they're screaming for the ball. Yeah. They're, they're almost on a 90 degree angle backwards <laughs> while they're screaming, Wait, Doss. You know who I actually think might be up there in genuine AFL, entire AFL top three? And he actually got dropped this week, and I think it might have been due to the the flailing arms around. He got dropped last week. Lockie Ash, genuine. Oh, that, that was uh, that was. I couldn't believe he was dropped. Genuinely thirsty though. He he's got to be up there with it. Watch him next time, or watch one of the replays. Gee, he's a thirsty man. I'm going Aaron Hall, Markov Hind. I think I think yeah. Hind just gets into smart positions. He yeah, does. I'm, I'm the same. Time. I reckon. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thanks for that question, though, Nick. That's a good, good one, one to finish off with. Uh, you can follow us at PodPod AFL as well if you want to follow us on Twitter. There's a few on Facebook, though, that I forgot. We'll quickly touch on these. Michael, I held Duncan through the concussion and buys. Oh, that's so brutal. Do I trade him to Lions and trade Lockie Jones to Amity or trade Duncan to Pendles and upgrade DevRob to Dusty? Uh, the second option, absolutely. I was going to say before uh, with that other question, uh, I'd be getting creative with Mitch Duncan. So, he's at a nice price where you might be able to go down to an underperforming upside player and get up on the other end. So, it's a great trade. Tick. 
Brad Harrison, boys Duncan. He's another Duncan owner here. Spare a thought for the poor fella. Spare two for his owners. Options for me. He has two rookies on field. Could be one pending. Duncan and Cozzy out. He's got four options for us here. Pendles and Rao. Titch and Amity on field. Zach Bailey and DeGoat. DeGoey there. Oh, um, that's a heart attack there. <laughs> Not going that one. Took and a 170K or Grundy in and Amity on field. Oh, geez. That's a lot of options. I liked one and two, Dos. Pendles and Rao. Or you'd go Titch and Amity. Oh, was it Pendles and Rao? No, I wouldn't go that. Um, no, Titch and Amity, I guess, or Grundy and Amity. You can't bring I'd- in Zach Bailey now. No, no. And I said that at the top him. of the show. Yeah, yeah. It, the upside's gone now. Honestly, I'd just go- I'd go Grundy and Amadi, I think. Just you, because- You're banking the best Ruckman, aren't you? Yeah. And we've said Titch, doesn't he? He could potentially have DeBoer this week, possibly. Possibly. So, yeah. maybe the Grund, just go the point of difference. <laughs> He's somehow well, possibly a bit of a point of difference Every coach now. is going to want him. So, yeah, yeah. why and not get on him? if everyone's bringing in Pendles this week, that means that Grundy's not getting in for most people unless they got like a billion dollars in the bank. All right, Josh Scardina. Hey, Dawson Louie, love your work and hope the buy round was successful for your sites. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. I think we'd both say it was a success, Louie. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I just can't. I'm just so happy it's over, Dos. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's managed to climb from the rank of 6K pre-buy to now sitting at a rank of 4,291. Congratulations. I went up uh, two up, two down last week, and now with only 23K in the bank, he's at a loss on how to continue to climb. He's only got one rookie left on field, Cozzy, as well as Burgess, that he needs to move on from R2. Chrissy Bajess, what a great what a great option he's been this year for us. Uh, he's considering downgrading Nick Newman and turning Chrissy Bajess into Grundy or Darcy, but that puts another playing rookie in his back line. Any other suggestions? No, you, you don't want to be adding rookies this time of year because it's a, it's a slippery slope. Um, so, he, he can't go down and go up at all uh, like that other person that asked a question. Yeah. Well, that's probably- Is this a situation where you get creative with one of yep. these players? Like if you've got a Darcy Parish or if you've it's just you got one creative. of those big, big dogs out there. Um, we saw it pay off with Zebel. Obviously, Darcy Parish, we don't think is going to tail off, you know, to average- 10 or 15 points less than a year's. I mean, maybe five, you know, I, I don't know. What, what do you think, Lou? Is that, is, that's where you'd start getting creative. Yeah, I'd get creative. So, he mentioned, um, you know, we've mentioned in this podcast that you can grab these blokes that have done well for you. Let's, I'm going to use James Harms as an example. Yep. So, he's about 600K. If you went down to Nick Haynes, you make 100K. That's a creative way to get up on, let's say, Tom Phillips up to a- 650k you know Michael Patrick Cripps who Mm. knows but get creative and in those types of situations that's where I wouldn't worry as much about the risk because the alternative is you're just leaving points um that you could have been had on a riskier option anyway does Mm. does that make sense Doss it does not really it it does it's getting late in the show I think it makes enough sense to me that's uh, it that we wrap it up there don't we we've done our time (laughs) big stomper episode for you Hope you enjoyed that and good luck for the rest of uh, the post-buy period now. It's a good stretch. It's exciting, home. yeah. It is exciting. Lots of trades to work through. Uh, remember, if you want to sign up to Pod Pod Plus for an extra Wednesday episode, you can go ahead and do that. But otherwise, we'll see you next Monday. Good luck. Good luck.